0: This morning, we're going to be talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, Paul says, Philippians 4, 13, I can do all things through Christ, who strengtheneth me. Now, he didn't stop at, I can do all things. If he had stopped there, we would have said, well, he was an Armenian," but he didn't stop there. He says, through Christ, we are. We are what we are by the grace of God. And we do what we do through Jesus Christ's strength and power. You know, Paul knew that in in the book of uh, uh, Hebrews. He says, Hebrews 12, verse 1 and 2, looking unto Jesus. Who do you look to when you're in need? You look to Jesus Christ, who is the author. He begins your faith, and he's the finisher of your faith. You know, sometimes you say, boy, I don't know if I'm going to make it. Yes, you'll make it. Because Jesus is the finisher. He not only starts it, he finishes it. You know, it says in the book of uh, Philippians. I like the way Paul put this in Philippians to go along with that. He says in verse 6, being confident, having confidence of this very thing. That he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. I'm glad to hear that. God's going to continue the work in you until the day of Jesus Christ. I want to read it again. Being confident of this very thing. That he which hath begun the good work. Who begins the good work? God does. He begins the good work. In you will perform it. He will perform it. He will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. What a Savior. So in a few minutes this morning, I want to bring some things to you that I have brought out before that you may see how, how can I do all things through Christ? How do I get a hold of that? How do I use that in my life? Truth is what sets us free. Jesus says you should know the truth And truth will set you free. In Philippians chapter 3 verse 9 and 10, uh, Paul says, And be found in him, Paul speaking, not having my own righteousness. There's so many people today trying to live by their own righteousness. Their own good works. Which is of the law. Anything that you do is law keeping. Law keeping. We're not under the law. We're under the grace of God. But that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, by faith in Christ, Paul said that "That I might know Him. Isn't that my prayer and your prayer? Is to know the Lord. We sing that song to know Him more and more each day, more about Jesus. What I know, more of His loving kindness. What I know, I want to know more of His love. And feel that in my heart, not just know it in my head, but feel the joy of the Lord is your strength, the Bible says. The joy. There's nothing greater to be in the house of God and feel the joy of God in your soul. And you feel the Lord, the Holy Spirit within you, and you're singing the hymns and the songs and the preaching. And joy, just you just rejoice in the goodness of God. I was talking about this morning, the goodness of God. God is good to us. And that's one of the characteristics of God's children in all through the scriptures. Why? They give thanks to God. In all things, the Bible says. Not just in good things, but in all things. You say, how can you give things when things are going bad? How can you give thanks for that? Because we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. And that's talking about God the Father. He's the one doing that. He's working all things in your life and in my life for his good, for our good and for his glory oh we should rejoice none of us like to suffer none of us like to go through trials but do you know going through trials and sufferings is how we mature brother Dave we mature we learn and we learn to discipline ourselves and we learn to be more mature to be more like Christ through trials and through sufferings you know Israel always had trouble when they was at ease in Zion they was laying on their couches and taking it easy. They had it made. They was eating like we do today. We're, we're kind of at ease in Zion today. I am anyway. I won't say about you. But we need to realize it's the trials of life that makes us what we are. Makes our character. It develops our character. That I might know him, Paul says, and the power of his resurrection. As you live your Christian life, you will learn to appreciate The resurrection of Christ, his power, his power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death. As we think about I can do all things through Christ, it involves his life, it involves his death, it involves his resurrection and it involves uh, involves his ascension into glory. The first thing we're going to see is his life. He lived a life of perfect obedience. He obeyed the Ten Commandments perfectly. Not for himself, but for you and I. He's our law keeper. He's the one who procured righteousness. It says in Romans chapter 5, verse 19, For as by one man's disobedience, referring to Adam, many were made sinners, we're all born sinful into this world. We come into this world as sinful creatures in need of the grace of God. So by the obedience of one, talking about Jesus Christ, shall many be made righteous. Now how are we made righteous? By the obedience of one. Who? Jesus Christ. And he is obeying the law perfectly for you and I. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Jesus said in John 14, 19, Yet a little while and the world seeth me no more but you see me because I live you shall live also. Why? How can we live the Christian life? Because Christ lives in us. Paul says I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me don't forget that beloved that's how you can do all things through Christ you've got to lay hold of the truth and by faith you believe the truth I can do all things because Christ is living in me to do all things it's not I you've got to forget about this I ego you know too many people say I can live the Christian life oh look at me I've done this I've done that bragging they're going for a fall because the Bible says pride comes before a fall Paul said not I but the grace of God the grace of God but we should always give God the glory no matter what we do or receive from the Lord He says in uh, John 10:10 10, 10, the thief cometh not but to steal and to kill and to destroy i am come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly is that should be our prayer do you want to live in a cellar as a Christian life? Or do you want to live abundant Christian life? I want to live an abundant Christian life. I want to be rejoicing in the Lord my God. I want to be walking in the Spirit. I want to be filled with the Spirit. I want the joy of the Lord is my strength. And we cannot do this on our own. See, to be something, you've got to be nothing. To be lifted up, you've got to humble yourself down. See, God has us going down and then he lifts us up. Dave quoted that verse, draw out to me and I'll draw not to you. Lick, cleanse your hands, you sinners. Confession, confession. Oh, we were born for one thing, to confess our sins daily. There's not a just man upon the earth who sinneth not daily. I'm talking about Christians now, not the world. We all stand in need of God's grace every day. If we didn't sin, we wouldn't need to navigate with the Father. If we didn't sin, we wouldn't need a mediator. If we didn't sin, we couldn't read that verse. The blood of Jesus Christ, his son, is continually cleansing us from all sin. I'm glad the Lord put all in there. That didn't leave anything out. So, no matter what you're seeing this morning that you may have fallen into as a Christian, the blood of Christ can cleanse you from all sin. Hallelujah for that truth, Brother Al. That's great truth. What does that mean to you and I today? It means that the righteousness of Jesus Christ was imputed to each one of his children. We stand clothed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Paul speaks about that in 2 Corinthians five nineteen, about his righteousness being imputed to us. It says in 1 Corinthians 1, 30, But of him are you in Christ Jesus, as of God the Father, who of God is made unto us wisdom, Righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. Jesus is all we need. You need sanctification, he's our sanctification. You need wisdom, he's our wisdom. Read 1 Corinthians 1. He's called the wisdom of God, the power of God. He's our righteousness. Nothing in my hands I bring, said the songwriter. Sent me to the cross, I cling. No righteousness of our own. Sanctification, redemption. We need redeeming. He bought us. We belong to him. Again, that verse, and Paul says, and be found in him, not having my own righteousness. You better forget your righteousness. What did Isaiah say? Our righteousness is his filthy rags. Filthy rags. Which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. Oh, beloved, how precious. We are complete in Him. Complete. In Colossians it says, And ye are complete in Him, which is the head of all principality and power. We're made perfect in Jesus Christ. Everything you need is in Jesus. Everything. Our whole life is in Jesus. He that hath the Son hath life, John says in 1 John. You need life? Only by having a son can you have life. Jesus said in John 15, 5, Without me you can do nothing. Nothing. And nothing means nothing, brother Al. Nothing. Some people say, Well, since I've been born again, now I can walk, I can do as I please. They think because they're born again, now they don't need the Lord. They can just do everything they want. They got the power to do it. Nope. Jesus said, Without me, even though you're born again, even though you're my child, you can do nothing apart from me. I'm the root. You're the branches. Oh, beloved, never get to the point where you think that you're sufficient to do anything apart from God's power in you. Our sins are forgiven for his name's sake. What a blessing that is. Forgiveness of sin. Ephesians 4:32 says, And be you kind one to another. That's something we need to be. Showing today to each other kindness. A little kindness goes a long way in the Christian life and in the church. I've been in some churches, you walk by them and, they, and you, you feel cold air by them when you go by. And if you touch them the wrong way, they look at you with a funny look. We need to show kindness. I remember complaining one time to an old saint of God. I was about 30 years old, maybe, and this saint, he was about 75, and I was complaining, like we were talking about complaining. I said, boy, I said, that was the coldest church I've ever been to in my life. He said, Brother Rose, let me give you some advice. I was complaining because nobody, nobody offered to shake my hand and nobody said anything. I said, boy, this church is cold. He said, let me give you some advice. Always be the first one to put your hand out. And you know I practice that ever since then. Every church I go to, I put my hand out first. You know, I've never had a problem since then. (laughs) You know, that blessed gentleman, brother in Christ, gave me some good advice. You be friendly first. Don't be waiting for someone else to be friendly. And when people come to visit us, we should make sure we make them feel welcome in our church and in among our midst. Complete in him. Our sins are forgiven for his name's sake. But you tender-hearted, forgiving one another. Now this is true in the family. I know some families today that don't speak to each other because of over some silly misunderstanding. I have some cousins down south like that. They won't even speak to each other because of some things that they differ on. I know other family members, brothers and sisters, won't talk to each other. Mothers and dads won't talk to their children. Children won't talk to them. They've never read this verse, I guess. Be a tender-hearted, forgiving one another. Of all people, we should be willing to forgive. It should be our own family, shouldn't it? Paul said, let begin at the house of God. And in the church, we have to guard against this too. We have to be tender-hearted to each other in the church. If a brother or sister rubbed you the wrong way, be willing to forgive that brother or sister. And if you did the wrong, be willing to go to that brother or sister and say, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that in that tone of voice. And we can be right and we can say it the wrong way. Because of the tone of voice we use sometimes. Because we want them to know how we feel. Like the wife talking to the husband. She can let the husband know real quick where he stands. (laughs) It's not that she's wrong, but it's the tone of voice sometimes that we use. Tenderhearted. Forgiving one another. Notice this even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Oh, I'm forgiven because of Christ, not because of me. I'm nothing but a worm. You're nothing but a worm. We're sinners. But God the Father forgave you and I because of Jesus Christ, His Son, paid the sin debt. He died as our substitute, He died as our propitiation, He was our sacrifice. He was our propitiation. He was our reconciliation. He was our redemption. Christ is all in all to us as we think about these things. He had made us accepted in the beloved. Ephesians 1.6. As everybody's saying, go accept Christ, accept Christ. I don't find that in the scriptures. But I do see where we are accepted in the beloved. And there's a great difference in that. Ephesians 1, 6, Romans 8, 1 says, there's no condemn, condemnation now to them that are in Christ Jesus. We're not condemned, we're in Christ. He is our surety. Hebrews 7, he stood in our place, he was our surety. Lord, I'll die for them and I will pay their debt and I'll bring them home. And he's gonna bring us home one day. He's coming again, that's another good thing. We, I, and I was talking about that blessed hope. One day we'll see our loved ones again. That gives me, a, gives me the strength to keep on keeping on sometimes when I miss my mom and miss my loved ones, knowing one day I'll see them again. What a blessing that is. It's not the end when you die. It's the beginning for them. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. Hmm. One man said it's like walking out of the kitchen into the living room. Well, I'm ready to go. Let's go. I want to go from the living room to the kitchen. Hallelujah. Be in the presence of the Lord. Where there's what? Fullness of joy. He's our life, Colossians 3, 4. You're not your life. He's our life. Somebody said, do you have life? I said, yeah, I have life in me, the life of Christ. He's my life. He's our high priest. I don't have to go to a high priest in some church, some priest. I have a high priest. Jesus Christ, I kneel, I kneel down every day and pray to my high priest. In the morning, in the bed, I pray to my high priest. You know, high priests, they offer a sacrifice. Jesus offered a sacrifice. For what reason? For sin. And the sin has been removed, but we still, when we sin, we go to our Savior and say, Lord, give me a fresh cleansing of your blood in my conscience. Oh, isn't it precious to know that the blood of Christ cleanses from all sin. He's our advocate with the Father. Some people say, oh, I know that judge downtown. I know him. He'll help me get through this problem. You know, I have a judge in heaven. And he's going to help me get through. That's Jesus Christ, my advocate. He's our advocate. Isn't it good to have someone in heaven on your side? (laughs) <laughs> you know, the devil said he's guilty. The Lord said, no, 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 Satan. I cleanse that sin. It's gone. It's gone. As far as the east is from the west. He's our mediator. He's there interceding on our behalf. That's how you can do all things through Christ with the truth that we've been delivering you this morning through Christ who's everything to a child of God. We live through Him, beloved. We look unto him in all things, Hebrews twelve two. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He's there at the throne of God rejoicing that he's bought his children. And one day he's coming to take us home. He was obedient unto death. His death gives us victory. It says in Hebrews 9.15 And for this cause he is the mediator of the New Testament or New Covenant that by means of death for the redemption of the transgressors that were under the First Testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. For Christ also has once suffered the sins, the just for the unjust. We were the unjust. The just died for us. That he might... Bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh and quickened by the Spirit. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he himself likewise took part of the same. He took the same flesh that we have, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil. He said in Revelation one eighteen, I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of the death. Beloved, Jesus has the keys to the graveyard. He has the keys to hell. He's the King of kings and Lord of lords. And he's on your side. Brother Dave, we should rejoice. We're on the side of the judge. I don't fear the judge. I'm on his side. He's on my side. He's my savior. He's my redeemer. He's my God. He's my everything. He's bought me. He's cleansed me. He's sanctified me. He's redeemed me. He's bought me. I'm safe in the arms of the Lord. No wonder Jesus says, you're in my hands and we're in the Father's hand and no man can pluck you out of my Father's hand. We're safe, beloved. Sometimes Satan wants to put fear in your heart. to cause you to doubt. When doubt comes, look to Jesus. And I, I don't think there's a person in this congregation at times don't have doubt come into your soul. Devil will whisper in your ear, are you sure you're a child of God? Maybe you're deceived. You're not a child of God. You wouldn't be living like that. Satan will come to all of us at times in our life and whisper into our ears. But what does Paul say we should do? Get your eyes off the devil, look away from him, and look to Jesus who said, I'm the author. And not only am I the author, I'm the finisher of your faith. He didn't say you're the finisher. He said he's the finisher. Isn't that good news, Brother Dave? Jesus started it, and he will finish it. I'm grateful for that. Grateful for that. Be it unto death. What does his death mean to us now? I just want to share a few things with you. Our sins are washed away by His blood on the cross by His atonement. I love this verse, Revelation 1 5. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto Him that loved us and washed us from our sins in His own blood. I stand complete in him, why? Why do you stand complete in him? Because you have been washed from your own sins in his blood. He paid a price. Grace is not free, beloved. We don't we don't say grace is cheap. It cost Jesus Christ everything for us to go free. It cost he laid down in his life that we, his children, would be free. So when Satan points you to your sins, point him to the blood point him to the blood. My sins were washed away at Calvary in the blood of Jesus Christ. Paul, I mean John says in 1 John, we dealt with this in 1 John, that Christ's blood is present tense cleansing us from all sin at this very present time. The moment you're sin, the blood is cleansing you from that sin. And our advocate, Jesus, is right there, for us, He runs to us when we sin. He's right there in His spiritual presence to forgive us and cleanse us inwardly. Even though we've been cleansed once and for all, we need cleansing daily also in our life from the conscience. We need that. I need that daily cleansing myself. You do. Sin is reality, beloved. Whether you believe it or not or whether you confess it or not, you're a sinner. And you need cleansing daily. They had daily sacrifices in the Old Testament where they went and was cleansed. We need that daily sacrifice today. Christ's death broke the power of the sinful nature. And it didn't remove the sinful nature, but it's no longer the king of our lives. It's no longer having 100% dominating in our life, but it still bothers us. The flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to another. If you're a Christian, you know what I'm talking about. It don't take you long as a Christian in your life to realize there's a spiritual warfare going on, Brother Dave, between the flesh and the spiritual new man that's in you. They're battling. One pours one way, one pours you the other way. That's why it's so important that we read the Word of God. That's why it's so important that we pray. Pray. Brother would mention about praying about a certain thing in his life to get victory over it. That's the way we get victory is through prayer because prayer hooks us up with heaven. We pray to the Father, and the Father's power is the one that gives us the strength to do all things, to overcome personal things in our lives that we need help in. One of the first things is realizing and confessing, I can't do it. You know, a lot of people hadn't came to that point in their life. They still think they can do it. But until you come to the point, God brings you to the point where you say, Lord, I can't do this. I need your help. That's a blessing. That's that's where God's dealing with you through trials and tribulations to bring you down to your bottom where you finally look up and say, Lord, without you, I can't do it. That's a good place to be, Brother Gary. That's a good place to be. Through his death we've been justified from all sin. We're justified. We've been acquitted before God. Thank God for that. We're to go to the throne of grace to find mercy and grace to help in time of need. In this present time. I love how Paul penned this by the Holy Spirit in in Hebrews 4.15. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He's touched Now, sometimes it's hard for us to understand this, to get a good hold of this. Think about your mother. Think about a mother being touched with her baby's crying, especially when the baby has a fever and sick. The tenderness of the mother's heart going out to her infant daughter or son who's suffering. Think about the Lord Jesus Christ who is more sympathetic toward us how he's touched with our emotions and feelings, our loneliness, our hurt, our hurt, our sadness. He's touched with those things because he's in his humanity he understands how we feel. It says in all points he was tempted as we are, yet without sin. But in everything else, he can sympathize with you and I. He knows. How we feel. He had a concern for his mother. When at the cross he said. John behold thy mother. He said. Mary. His mother behold thy son. So John took care of Mary. Because he was touched. He was concerned for his mother. As a human. As a man. And as our great high priest. He's touched with our feelings, never think that you're all alone. Sometimes you feel we feel like that. I feel like that at times. You know, even one of the psalmists says, no man careth for my soul. But there is one who sticketh closer than a brother. And his name is Jesus Christ. We sing that hymn, what a friend we have in Jesus. What a friend. We have a friend who's taken closer than a brother. Which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. It was in all points tempted like we are, yet without sin. He says that let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. Why? Because Christ understands how you feel. He understands. We don't go directly to God the Father. We go through Christ, our mediator, I advocate to the Father that we may obtain mercy. Now, only sinners need mercy. And if you're not a sinner, you don't need to go to the throne of grace. Some people walk around like a peacock. You know, they, they've arrived. They don't sin no more. You know, remember Harold Patz? He was like that. Oh, I don't sin no more, Brother Rose. I'm, I live above sin. Somebody said the only way he could live above sin is over a tavern. Beloved, no one is above sin. We're all sinners. First John said, if you say you are, you're a liar. The truth's not in you. The Word of God condemns that type of attitude. But mercy is for sinners. That's why we have to go to the throne of grace daily because we're sinners. Sins of omission, sins of commission. There's things we know we should do, we don't do. You know you should pray every day, but well, I'll pray later. Next thing you know, you're going to bed. You know, we should read the scriptures daily. Oh, I'll read them later. But next thing you know, you're going to bed. So you haven't read the scriptures, you haven't prayed, you haven't meditated, you had not lifted up hands giving God thanks for the day, for your blessings. That's sins of commission. Knowing him that knoweth to do good and doeth not, doeth not it is sin. To him it is sin. We need to be obedient to the Lord. And to find grace to help in time of need. What do you need when you're going through a trial? You need grace to stand. Because if he don't give you grace to stand, you're going to fall. I don't care how strong you think you are as a Christian. Now God has promised you and I that he would send no temptation into our life that he wouldn't give us the strength or show us a way to get out of it that we can bear it. But, if we neglect the word, neglect prayer, and neglect God, when that temptation comes, you can be sure what's going to happen. You're going to fall. Let him that thinketh he stand take heed lest he fall. When we get lifted up with pride, thinking we're something, Paul says you're nothing. You're going one way, and that's down. We've got to keep humble. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, and he'll lift you up in his due season God is not at our command he works and wills when he chooses and he'll work in our lives to humble us to teach us to be a dependent upon him then he reaches down and lifts us up oh and then we have to say to God be the glory we have fellowship in his death every time we ask for forgiveness because the blood of Christ keeps reminding us of his death. Forgive me, Lord. And that blood is being applied. It reminds us of his death. It reminds us of his death. What a blessing that is. His resurrection. We sing that song, he lives, he lives. Jesus said unto her, talking to Mary, I... I am the, Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. He is the resurrection and the life. As he was walking on the earth, he had the power to raise the dead. Because he was resurrection. You were seeing life when you saw Christ walking on the earth. And since his resurrection, Paul said that I might know him and the power of his resurrection. What does that mean to you and me now? Now here's how we can do all things through Christ. Listen to me closely. We live by his resurrected life in us. Romans 5.10 says, For if... When we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son. Much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. It's talking about His resurrected life. He's been resurrected and He says, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Christ, the wisdom of God and the power of God. We live by His power. Not by your power. You have no power. His resurrection is the proof of our present justification before God. Romans 4.25 Who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. We should know the power of His resurrection in our present life. Philippians 3.10 Paul says that I might know Him and the power of His resurrection. The power of His resurrection in Paul's life was when Paul felt the strength of God. I can do all things through Christ who's infusing strength in me. How did he overcome the enemies? How did he overcome the world? How did he overcome the devil? How did he overcome the flesh? He overcame all these things through Jesus Christ who was his power and life within him. Remember when, they, when, when Peter and Emma healed the man and they looked upon them, they said, don't look on us. It's not by our power this man is standing here before you. Oh, by Jesus Christ whom you crucified, by his power does he stand here. And you and I, as we live the Christian life and we walk the Christian life, we, we have to say to those around us, not by my power am I living this Christian life, but by Christ's power I'm living the Christian life. That's why Paul said, I can do all things through the living Christ who's living in me. That's the only way we can live a Christian life. There is no ABC, simple shortcut, You know, they got ABCs to cook a cake, quick pudding, instant pudding, instant popcorn. They got instant everything today. (laughs) And some people write books on instant Christianity. It's not worth the paper it's written on. We have all that we need in Jesus Christ, Brother Dave. He's the all in all to the Christian, to his children. That I might know Him and the power of His resurrection. Oh, that should be our our prayer. A few more verses we're going to emphasize in closing on this part. Power over the old nature. If you ever try to overcome the flesh, you know it's impossible in your own strength. You can't do it. We need the power of God to overcome the flesh. And if you've ever tried to resist the devil's temptations, you know one thing. Unless you're walking close to the Lord, you can't overcome the temptations of the devil. You'll subdue to them. But we have someone living in us that can resist the devil. God does say, submit yourself to God. What does that mean? It means to get under God's authority. Then resist the devil. Then he'll flee from you. But too many people want to resist without submitting for thou We think we can do it. God says, oh, I've got to teach this child a lesson. I've got to teach him first. He has to submit. She has to submit to me. And then they can resist the devil. Then he'll flee from them. But as long as they stand in their self-confidence, they're going to fall. They've got to learn that only through me can can they resist the devil. And that's a hard lesson to learn because sometimes we do get a little cocky. You know, we think, boy, I, I, I read the Bible today. I prayed today. I have went to church and fellowship in the Lord. Man, there's nothing going wrong. And all of a sudden, here comes the temptation. Knocks you right off my your feet. And you look, you get back up off your feet. What happened? That's how quick Satan comes. He waits for that moment of pride. Pride is our biggest danger. Pride in our own selves, our own strength. Too many de- depend upon me, myself, and I instead of depending upon the Lord. And if you catch yourself in that area, submit yourself to God. It comes right back again. Just humble yourselves in a minute, Lord. It says if we confess our sins, that means to agree. Lord, I agree. You're right. I can't do nothing on my own. I'm helpless. I'm just a worm. Aren't these great lessons to learn in the school of Christ? I'm grateful through the years I've learned these truths. Now, I'm not perfect by no means. I'm like Paul. I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. I want to be faithful to my Lord that one day I hear Him say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. That should be the prayer of each one of us. To hear Him one day say that. and Not be ashamed and hold our heads down at His appearing. Because we're not living for the Lord. It's going to be one way or the other. You're either going to be ashamed when he appears, or you're going to be rejoicing when he appears. I'm afraid too many Christians are going to be ashamed at His appearing because of the way they're living. But remember, if you're in that position, Jesus Christ is your answer. He's your answer. For every need. You sinful, is there sin in your life? He's the Savior. You need cleansing? He's the one, His blood, who cleanses from all sin. You need strength to overcome something in your life? I can do all things through Christ, whose infusion strength in me. Don't say I can't. You can, through God, do all things. Jesus said, with man that's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. At one time, place He says, only believe. Our enemy is unbelief. Our enemy is selfishness. We want our way, not God's way. And I have to contend with Leroy every day. And it's difficult because he's very selfish. And I have to be stripped of the selfishness, stripped of me, stripped of what I am in myself, and depend totally upon God. That's what we all need, to be stripped, to brought down. Feel like that publican who said, smoke his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. He was stripped of himself. He saw his righteousness as filthy rags. He saw himself as a sinner needing what? Mercy. When you come to that point, then you can do all things through Christ. you got to go down to be lifted up in God's esteem few more verses and we'll close. Ephesians 3.20. This is one of my favorite verses. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. In other words, God's saying, there's nothing you can think in your mind that I cannot do. You need victory in your life? I can do it. You need forgiveness? I can do it. You need cleansing? I can do it. You need to get out of a situation, I can do it. That's good news to you and I, beloved. Now, why is that possible? It says, and it goes on to say, according to the power that's working in us or operating in us, God's power is operating in us to give you what you need in your life and what I need in my life. Oh, I beg God for that. Please, for God for that. Colossians 1.11 says, Strengthen with all might, according to His glorious power, unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness. And I have a note here. In all power, being empowered, according to the might and the glory of Him. Boy, I tell you what. Paul was really emphasizing the power of God there. In His power, all power is demonstrated for your need, my need. No wonder the Word of God says, if God be for us, who can be against us? God's power is is keeping us. God's power is going to bring us to glory. God's power will give us the victory when we fall into sin. We can't do it. One thing I learned in my Christian life, when you fall into sin, you can't get out by yourself. You can't. It's impossible because your desire is to sin, not to serve God. And once you get caught in that trap, it takes God's power and His grace to get you out of it. And providence. A lot of times He can work in providence to deliver you from what you're in. And God has done that in my life many times. Ephesians 6.10 Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord, it didn't say be strong in yourself. And in the power of his mind. Everything is emphasized in God. Be strong in the Lord, not in yourself. And by the power of his mind, his mighty power. He's called the Alpha and the Omega. He's called the Almighty, Almighty God. And it takes an Almighty God to overcome sin in your life. I want to tell you that you need divine help. You need divine help. And I'll say that over and over again. Child of God, if you fall into sin, you need divine help to overcome it. You cannot do it on your own. Being empowered in the Lord. As you're praying to the Lord, you're being strengthened. See, that's that's one of the benefits of prayer. As you're praying and humbling yourself, God is giving you strength and you don't even realize it. You know, you take a battery that's dead, you plug it up to another battery, and that power goes into the dead battery and charges it. Now think about prayer as a recharge. You pray into the Lord as you're praying, you're being recharged by His power. You need that. So if you don't pray, what's happening? You're not getting charged up. You don't have strength. And you will fall miserably. You will fail miserably. You need God's power. So as we're praying, He gives us strength. In union with the Lord, in prayer, and in the might and strength of Him. Everything is in Him. See how Paul put all the emphasis upon Christ. And finishing where we started, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth. And that is in the active force. It means Christ is doing the strengthening. You take Christ out of the picture, we're nothing, we're helpless. We're helpless. I pray that a few of these things may have encouraged you this morning. We all stand in need of God's help, God's strength. May we pray. Our gracious and loving Father, as we bow in your presence, we thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ, who loved us and died and gave himself for us. I pray that each one of us here may realize our need of the Lord and cast ourselves upon the Lord for everything we need, our daily needs, our physical needs, our spiritual needs, Everything in our life, or we're dependent upon thee. Paul said that we're not sufficient even to think a thought apart from thee. And the Lord taught us to pray daily. Lord, give us this day our daily bread. We need your gifts, even what we have on our table is a gift from thee. Our shelter is a gift from thee. The things that we own is a gift from thee. Lord, everything that we have, we have to give you the glory. May you bless us this day. And we give you the praise and the honor and glory. In Christ's name we pray and offer thanks. Amen. Does someone have a song to offer to the Lord? Number three ninety eight.